Welcome to another episode of Start Local, the podcast focused on helping businesses in and around Chester County, PA, as they try to navigate the COVID-19 economy. I'm Liam Dempsey, and I'm flying solo today as the host of the show. My co-pilot, Joe Casabona, is expecting the birth of a second child and is busy getting all the things done before his new baby arrives. I certainly wish him all the best. He'll be back as soon as he gets some sleep, no doubt. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Chris Badgett to the show. Chris is the co-founder and CEO of Lifter LMS, a learning management system for WordPress. He helps education entrepreneurs create, launch, and scale high-value online training platforms. Chris believes in democratizing education in the digital classroom. He lives in Maine, well outside Chester County, and runs his business from a small cabin in his backyard on his farm. Chris. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Liam. I'm happy to get into it with you and help the people of Chester County. Now, we really appreciate you, you taking the time. We, we know you keep yourself busy up there running your business. And as I follow you on Twitter, you do a, a lot of work in and around the farm. So you, you, don't, you don't have a lot of downtime, I can tell. Chris, tell us a little bit more about yourself and a little bit more about Lifter LMS, if you would, please. Well, I'm a homeschooling dad. I was not... I became an entrepreneur later in life. I used to run sled dogs in Alaska for a decade. I was I got into technology um, much later in life, like more around my late twenties. I'm forty one years old now, and if I could get into this kind of online business, remote working thing, uh, late in life, not as far away as possible from Silicon Valley, I it really. I hope my story and some of the things I'm going to share today inspire people with more options and more ideas of what's possible out there. Chris, I, I love that you used to run sled dogs on Alaska because that's just amazing and wonderful in its own way. And I feel like we could pause the show and talk about that for the entirety. <laughs> but but that really pivots nicely into what, as a follow-up to our previous conversation that we had with Don Reed, where we talked about multiple revenue streams. And I imagine a lot of folks running their businesses that aren't strictly speaking technologically technology focused or technology driven are because of COVID-19 are finding themselves in a situation where they really do need to adapt some kind of technology and to embrace it uh, really as much as they can. And so your background, I think, is going to be really, really useful here. And I wonder if you can talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, Lifter LMS is a as we said earlier, is it's a learning management system for WordPress. So in a nutshell, that means you can run online courses via your WordPress website with Lifter LMS. Can you talk to us about some of the businesses that have pivoted to online courses, maybe some of your customers, some of your case studies that can help folks in and around Chester County realize that they don't have to reinvent the pivot to digital, they can follow the lead and inspiration of, of some folks who are already taking advantage of technology. Totally. And well, let me first start by uh, de-abstractifying what LMS means or a learning management system. It, it's, uh, that tool can be used in a very flexible way to do multiple things. There's three primary buckets of use cases or types of people that use a learning management system. The first is the expert industry. And this is where you create an online course based on your skills, your passions, some, something valuable that you have in your story, and you help 
teach something online that somebody else gets results through. That's the expert industry. And if you're listening to this right now, um, you pr- I'm guarantee you're sitting on something in your skill set, your life experience that some other people in this vast world would find interesting and likely pay money for. There's a big problem in the expert industry about imposter syndrome. So if when I said that, you said, yeah, but not me. Who am I to teach? I'm not the best in the world at whatever. That's common. Everybody thinks that when they get into the, when they first start thinking about creating digital products and programs. Well, I won't get into how to solve that, but that's just know that that's there. <laughs> the, uh, the next thing is traditional schools, K through 12, higher ed, adult learning. Um, you can do that with a learning management system. So this is where uh, private, public, large, small um, school, academy, university, community college, whatever you want to call it, uses a learning management system to facilitate online learning. Um, so that's another use case. The third is the company use case. This is where you create a training portal for your employees uh, to, you know, let's say onboard a new hire into their role in a more automated way. What most business owners do is they're like, hey, welcome to the job, Shadow Bob. Bob, teach this new person everything you know about whatever. So that's kind of the old way. The big opportunity, especially if your business is, um, you know, has less resources, is constricting, is to think about how you can be more efficient in your internal training. Businesses can also use a learning management system to educate their, their market. So you can actually use it as a marketing tool about your products, your services, your experiences, uh, so that people can basically learn about whatever it is. Um, That same uh, training can also be used to educate your customers after they buy to kind of automate some of the education that happens around using your product or getting the most out of your service. Those are the three kind of primary buckets. And because the LMS is flexible, you don't have to do it all, but just know that there's different areas you can go into. So it sounds like you can really make it as rigid and formal or as kind of relaxed and flexible as your business needs and wants require. Yeah, absolutely. So let me give you an example. Please do. One of our, one of our case studies, like expert industry. If you're thinking like, I don't know what I'm going to teach. There's multi-million dollar barbers out there who teach you certain kind of haircut styles and stuff. We have a case study on our website there's an Israeli man. His name is Ziv Raviv. He teaches balloon artists how to tie animal balloons. Last year, he made $277,000 with his Lifter LMS powered uh, site for um, these kid entertainers. And he helped them transition in the COVID economy to do these kind of shows in an online digital format. That particular niche of people, there are only like 5,000 in the world. And of that only 1,000 of them are like have a serious business that are a good fit for his program. So even if what you're into is like super niche, um, the, the world is a very big place. And I love to tell that story because it's it, it, it kind of, th- if he can do it, like, and, and he, he just has this passion, whatever you're into, whether it's drones, some kind of farming, some kind of musical thing, some kind of like, a uh, leadership thing or relationship thing or health and fitness thing or cooking classes, like 
I know you got something if you're listening to this. And you know what? It can be a lot of fun to make too. So that's like an expert example. Um, yeah, that's that's really interesting. The the whole idea that something so niche can make a hugely comfortable amount of living. You know, a couple hundred thousand a year is a not a bad take home salary, right? Okay, so we that's that's a good bit. And and to think about it, that how many people would you say? There's about a thousand people that actually do that professionally. And think about so much else is, has such a wider appeal that there's real opportunity here um, to, to transition on that. What? So this kind of leads on nicely to my next question, Chris, if I can, is, is what does it take to make a course? You know, let's set aside the, I'm a community college and I have to make a, a course about geology. You know, let's say I want to do something about haircutting or I want to be do maybe I'm a bakery owner and I want to do a baking course about I don't know sourdough or how to make scones or how to make you know kind of anything that our bakery is known for and so we want to sell a course what does that look like is yeah what's the what's the lift on that tell me a little bit about that well you mentioned the restaurant that was my first thought as soon as the COVID kind of restaurant industry got locked. My immediate thing is like restaurants need to be teaching their signature dishes that people come back for over and over again on how people can cook at home and uh, put the shopping list together, whatever. Like there's a pivot there that business owners can do. It's different, but that's a COVID pivot. Um, So in addition to imposter syndrome, what happens the next thing, the next problem that people get into is they overcomplicate it. And that has to do with like the tech, the software, the video camera, the like teleprompter. They get, they get a little carried away. First of all, it's only natural. Don't beat yourself up about it. That's, <laughs> uh, it's just part of transforming and becoming an expert and to having the courage to like put it out there and be, maybe you, you, you don't come from a background of entrepreneurship and creating things from zero, but it's, it's, it's scary, but it can be fun. And I would encourage you not to overcomplicate it. So there's really a couple ways to do it. Um, if what you're teaching is really kind of content screen share slideshow based, you probably already have a computer and software that you can just by yourself present a teach something. So if you're already yeah. teaching, you're probably already standing in a computer with a projector or maybe hand. You can do all that stuff on the computer yeah. without Well, even buying. PowerPoint, you can record screencasts, can't you? With PowerPoint itself, you could talk over your slides and record that. Absolutely. Yeah, and one of, the, one of the great tips for like a first timer is if you're not doing screen share, if you're doing more talking head, like I'm gonna, maybe I'm good at, you know, relationships. And there's a lot, you can um, just go into a Zoom get a Zoom account, press record in Zoom and and sh- go into a meeting by yourself and start creating your lessons and give up trying to make it perfect and take out all the ums and ahs and all that stuff. So that's that's my my tip is to just minimal tech. Even it, you can do an entire course on your phone, smartphone. I do recommend you get a yeah. tripod or a selfie stick or something and just try to stabilize. <laughs> to help balance it, sure. But don't let that hold you up from getting started. And the other thing that I would really advise people to focus on if you want to develop another income stream as an expert is to 
get your fundamentals right. And what I mean by that is you have to have a clear customer who has a very specific problem and that solving that there's a very specific result or outcome. And then there's like a mechanism. This is your secret sauce of how you, how you teach people to make this amazing dish or to heal this relationship or to get in better shape or detox their body or whatever it is. Sure. So a clear customer, a clear result, a clear mechanism. The problem people fall into is, especially if they're super passionate about something, is they're like, I got to fit my life's work and passion for this topic into this giant course. Uh, what I would say is do the opposite. Figure out who you're going to help and get somebody to the result they want as fast as possible with as minimum steps as possible. You know, map out those steps and then make a video for each step. You know, a cooking recipe is a great one to start with if you're into cooking because you got the ingredients, you got the steps, and then you got the outcome, which is the dish made and it tastes just like it did at the restaurant. There's also, um, you know, as we talk about this in Chester County, I'm talking about the expert, but we're also talking about schools here. So this is another use case where teachers... Um, are also in their own right experts, but they're more in a traditional education system. And sure. so what's happening right now is a lot of teachers are at kind of level one of online education where they're like, we're doing the classroom, but we're doing it in Zoom as much as we can exactly the same. The next evolution of that, as you transition and you become better and better at remote working and remote education is... Teachers are going to find that record button in Zoom. They can record classes. They can make training that the students can take at their own convenience because maybe things are a little crazy at home. And then you, there's this concept called the flip classroom where the actual live Zoom session is more there just to provide support and, but not deliver the training live. Like, cause they can already, teachers can actually take a lot of pressure off themselves, parents and kids by pre-recording some of their stuff and having more of a kind of a coaching call. So there's all kinds of things that can happen in the education system to uh, as this whole remote learning is really exploding. Yeah, that that's, that's really interesting. And I, I want to go back to what you shared about with identifying audience. Yeah. And certainly as a marketing consultant, uh, you know, I hear clients when I say to them, Hey, who is your target audience? They say, well, you know, anybody could buy my service. Yeah, yeah, I get that, right? Anybody with five bucks could, but you know, you're not selling to anybody who's never heard of you. So really try to, to your point, not trying to make a course that answers everything for everybody in the world. Try to think of a very specific audience and just make the course to them. Other people will latch onto it, will connect with it, even if they're not in that immediate focus, won't they? But then it makes the creative process of coming up with a course much easier because we don't have to say, oh, well, what about those people in this group? We're not talking to them. If they want to listen, if they get something out of this, that's wonderful and it's great. But we're really, and then we can make that recipe course or that haircutting course or that, uh, you know, basic bookkeeping uh, guidance course uh, much, much more relevant for the people that might pay money for it then. Yeah, clear customers, the biggest biggest mistake that people make is they um, they just don't decide. Or, and it's called boiling the ocean. I'm, it's for everybody. Um, and also, it's a lot less stressful and easier when you're super focused. And, and the other mistake people make there is they make it for people exactly like them. 
Like sometimes you're best helping somebody who's not exactly like you and not as far along as you. So you have to open up this concept of beginner's mind. Like they're not where you're at. They don't see it. They haven't internalized all the, um, you know, the jargon and the, uh, the stuff you have kind of do naturally now because you've spent so long doing it. You really have to go back to that clear customer, get inside their shoes, their beginner's mind and be patient with them and help them go through the learning journey and support them along the way. Yeah, I think that's so important, right? Because we, we've been at our respective games so long, we know which, which steps we can skip and we don't even think twice of skipping them. And then somebody who's new to says, well, what about steps one through five? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't do those anymore because I know this. But yeah, if, if you're just at the game, yeah, you better do one through five because this is not going to work out well for us if you skip it right away. Yeah, that, that get in the beginner's mindset, I think, is really important and, and can really help the, the courses. The materials um, be relevant for for the for that target audience. So let me just ask you a little bit of a question of you know what thinking about a business and and what does a course look like? I suppose it could be everything from this is an eight step course, but it could also be packaged up like here's a twenty minute video with a few bullet points and some slides, and you can package it and sell that. Not everything needs to be a full course, it could be a single lesson or a single focal point, couldn't it, Chris? Yeah, I mean, and I'll give you a couple of course frameworks to help people think through this. One is, uh, there's like four main types of courses. One is a learn a process course. So this is like the recipe, step one, step two, step three. Then there's the behavior change course. This is where you're doing something like changing your diet or getting into a fitness program or working on negative behavior. Um, so there's like this whole process that like early wins are important and then it starts building and then you reinforce and that, you know, that's kind of a thing. Then there's one called the case study course where we learn by deconstructing what others have done. Like leadership is a great example. Like let's leadership lessons from, you know, this person, that person, that, that person. So we learn by looking at others. The fourth kind is called a resource course. This is what, these are the most dangerous and these are the ones that most people make first, which I'm trying to, I would encourage you not to make a resource course first, <laughs> but this is where we create a library of a bunch of useful stuff for people who are interested in X. That's cool, but it can be a little overwhelming to people and it's, sometimes it's hard to know when you're done. And then the fifth kind is like a, a hybrid where you pull bits and pieces of that. Um, so those are some frameworks. And the other thing I just want to say is as you get into education, entrepreneurship, creating information products, um, courses, coaching programs, uh, com online communities, things of this nature, um, you want to put your, your customer at the center, not you and your product. And when you put your customer at the center, like that's where the other place people get off track is they get really focused on, I need to make money online. I need to be able to build a passive income business or an active income business. But if we put the customer at the center, our clear customer, and we surround them with what they need, they may have, we may have our course, which could be small, mini courses or um, micro learning, I believe the trend is called, is growing in popularity. Don't make a giant course. That's a big mistake that I see a lot of people make and then figure out later. It's better to make a lot of little courses and then package those up inside of a membership or some kind of academy or program. 
Um, but once, once you make these things, support, it's not just content. So if you add in, the easiest thing to add if you're just getting started is do a weekly or biweekly or monthly office hour call. This is something you don't have to prepare for. You just open up a Zoom or something like it. People can jump in there at a scheduled time and you can provide support of like where they're stuck or they have questions and whatnot. So now you have a course plus coaching and the coaching part adds more value. It helps more people complete your program, which is going to cause more people to share about it. They're going to get to know you personally and you're going to get feedback about some assumptions you made in your course that, oh, that's not as clear. I need to actually go add this other thing or add a new lesson to help so that where that person doesn't uh, got stuck doesn't happen again. So course plus coaching, you can do online communities, you can include other products, digital downloads, other microservices, templates. There's all kinds of things when we put our customer at the center that, um, you know, courses are really fundamental, like the training, but often if you just sure. add one or two other things like the group coaching or even private coaching, this is where you can get into more expensive offerings. Um, can really get better results for your for your customer. So it sounds like by putting the customer center, we're really trying to build trust and build a relationship so that when we offer something new or they have a need, they come to us, they think of us, and they recommend us. So it really builds a longer-term relationship. Yeah, I mean, there's a famous article on the internet called A Thousand True Fans. I would modify that slightly and say, actually, you only need a hundred true fans. So a thousand true fans is the idea that when music first went online, that if you're an artist and you sell, you have a hundred dollars worth of stuff that somebody can buy in a year, that um, if you have a thousand people buying that, you have a full-time income. With courses and coaching and these kinds of programs, it's a lot easier to get up to more higher end price points. Not every niche or market, there's a lot of factors that go into pricing. Um, so not every market, target market can afford high end stuff or sees the value there. But um, what just hypothetically, like the balloon artist guy we talked about, there's sure. not that many actual customers in there. Like he has a total addressable market of a thousand people. Of those, I think a couple hundred are customers. So, um, but they're over, you know, they're paying a certain amount of money to, to get there. So yeah, put the customer at the center and then help them get results and everything, all the, the money and all the stuff flows from that service. It's like, a, you know, there's a great book if you're into this kind of thing called The Story Brand by Donald Miller, where he talks about being the guide, not the guru. So if you put your customer in the center and you help guide them to the result and support them and... Uh, that's that's a really powerful way, and it takes some pressure off you to be like the guru. Like you may to be a good guide, you may bring in an outside expert to fill in a gap about something that you may not be the best at or whatever. Just because that customer needs some help with what that person knows. That's what guides do. Gurus try to maintain all the the power. Yeah, I like that. We'll be sure to link to that in the show notes over at startlocal.co. Chris, we've got just a couple of minutes left together in our time here. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about how complicated it may be to implement something like a Lifter LMS or another LMS plugin for WordPress. And is that the kind of thing that somebody can do on their own? Would you recommend that they you know, pay somebody like me or like Joe to help with them? Not that 
we're trying to turn this into a sales show, but where, where's the learning curve? How technical are we talking about here? Well, if it, what, the cool thing is a lot of businesses already have a WordPress site. So if you're going to use a WordPress learning management system, you can literally just add an LMS plugin like Lifter LMS. And there's some others out there. Go check them out, see what's out there. And uh, Lifter LMS has a free core plugin. You can add it in. You can take our free 20-minute course about how to build your first course. And then you can press play, pause, do it on your site, and then do it. And what we find is um, some people evolve and become, yep, I got this. I'm a DIY person. Other people are like, it might be time pressure. It may just be like, I'm just not techie. I don't want to have to log into the website. And they are going to work. They're going to want to work with a professional like yourself to set it up for them and just guide the process and, and collaborate in that way. Um, and then there's other, um, there's other options out there. Like for example, WP engine, a popular WordPress host um, has like an LMS site template powered by lifter LMS that you just, sign up for your uh, WP Engine account, you click a button and you choose like some designs you like and a full LMS site just appears. So it's, uh, there's a lot of options out there, but there is a learning yeah, curve. Like I, don't, I don't want to yeah. sugarcoat it because WordPress has a learning curve. Lifter has a learning curve. The first course you make, you're, there's going to be a lot of lear learning. The second one you make will, will go five times faster. So... Yeah, and that's the same of, you know, whether or not you're using Microsoft Word or Google Docs or anything new, there's going to be a learning curve. That is awesome. Chris, you have shared a wealth of information in our time together. Thank you so very much for your time. Before I say goodbye to you, I wonder if you can share where people can find you online, please. Yeah, well, if you're liking this podcast and you want to go down the rabbit hole of course creation, I have a podcast <laughs> for course creators called LMS Cast. We're at almost 300 episodes. And I get into all these kinds of topics that course creators are interested in, not just the tech, other stuff too, like business building and teaching, instructional design, all these other things. Um, so that's called LMS Cast. And if you want to check out Lifter LMS, just go to lifterlms.com. Um, and like I said, we do have a free WordPress plugin that you can just search for free Lifter LMS WordPress. You'll find it. You can plug that in and, and try it out. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And since Joe's not here to say it, I'll, I'll say it uh, for everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. Until the next time, stay safe out there.